You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Jerusso. Welcome to the Limitless Leaders Podcast. Wherever you're watching or tuning in from from around the world, I'm super excited to introduce you to today's guest. So Donna McGeorge is a global authority on productivity, a best-selling author, and a renowned international speaker. She's a believer in the power of intentional living, and she knows that by creating space for thinking, planning, and growing is key to achieving. She understands the gaps, pauses, and spaces in between the necessary Fuel for the fire, providing the chance to step back and breathe. Don't we all need that at the moment? (laughs) Donna challenges existing concepts of time management and productivity, championing a new, more personalised approach. She knows that the best way to combat the myth of wasted time is to live deliberately and she's passionate about empowering individuals, teams and organisations to be more purposeful. She measures growth not just through efficiency and productivity but through commitment to intention. Through her own lived experience, Donna knows all about the juggle and the struggle and she's made it her mission to create space for others to do the same. She offers multi-layered programs and long-term engagement to embed real lasting behavioural change. Donna, super excited to have you here today. I'm thrilled to be here, Renee. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, absolute pleasure. And we've known each other for a while. We haven't caught up face-to-face for a while, but it's amazing with um, technology that you can stay connected and I feel like I know what you've been up to. Uh, Look, exactly. In fact, I was just thinking about that before. I reckon we've known each other nearly, gosh, 10 nearly 10 years um and you're exactly right it's like when you're it's like meeting up with an old friend because we follow each other on social media we know what's going on and yeah you just pick up where you left off exactly and I you know I've, I've seen your journey and your evolution around productivity and I I love your philosophy on it mine's very similar around self-management to manage time I don't think I don't think time management is a thing I think it's a bit of a myth I think it's all about being being productive and using your time to the best that you can and even those gaps and pauses, making the most of those moments. Well, I, I mean, I think we've been lit up a garden path around yeah. what it means to be productive. We've been told it's around hard work, going hard, hustle culture, and I actually rail against all of that. I think it's possible to have a really productive life, however you want to define that, without having to be 100% on 100% of the time. Yeah, def- definitely. And I think even being, it's even that next step around, and I'm one of those, you know me, I'm a bit of a productivity beast and love getting stuff done and love accomplishing things. I think the other part of it is really making sure that that time that we do free up, you're not just filling the gap with noise, that you're actually doing things that mean something to you. Yeah, and, you know, and that can be anything from, you know, spending time on the people, things and activities that fill you with joy. Um, And for some, you know, I ask some people, if you had a bit of extra time in your week, what would you do? And they'll often say sleep. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's the first thing people often need when they first begin to get a break and and think a bit differently is they do need a bit of rest. And then they've got the capacity to do those things, you know, the things that bring them bring them joy and happiness and and fulfill or, or, or nourish their soul, right? I always say it's the things that light you up. You know that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like do 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 the things and be around the people that light you up because I think that gives you this this energy to sort of get through anything. Um, well, dare I say it? They're a gift, right? So is it okay for me to say that? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, it, is, it is. It's the gift of re-energizing, I call it. Mm-hmm. So you have re very recently, as in I think last week of us um recording this, have released a book, The Chat GPT Revolution, How to Simplify Your Work, Life Admin, love that, and AI. Mm-hmm. So today I'd love to talk about all things, you know, this this great piece of AI how we can leverage it to help us impact our leadership and our life for the better. So I first love to sort of ask you, just so our listeners and viewers can get a feel, what's led you to where you are today, just briefly? Okay, in terms of my life story um, or just the reading, this book, you know, it's kind of, they've all led to the same thing. You know, um, I've been in my own practice for the last 20 years um, it took me a while to land, even though I've always been super productive. It took me a while to land with productivity as my as my gift to the world, if you will. And this most recent book, um, in terms of my work, came about because I'd, I'd heard about this chat GPT thing mostly from people going online and saying, "Avoid it at all costs. It's going to you know ruin our lives." And I thought, oh, gee, that's interesting. So I better go have a look. So I set aside some time, had a look. Within five minutes, I'm on the phone to my sister saying, oh, my God, you've got to check this thing out. And then long story short, uh, my publisher rang me and said, hey, you know, you're a trusted voice in the productivity space. We think you're the right person to put a book out there. How quickly can you get it out? And so, um, and, you know, Renee, you've written a, a bunch of books, you know, that normally from an idea to holding one in your hand, at best is six months, usually about nine months from idea to launch, if you will. Um, this one was about three months. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes though when you're in flow, because I did gift mindset in three months. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It, I channeled it because it had been a thought probably a year before, put it to the back of my mind. Um, and I think it just it just shows you live what you educate people in, which is all about productivity. Yeah. So um, what I'd what I'd love to ask you just to kick off first is maybe we look at um, I'd love to talk about AI. This you know, there's a lot happening. We all know that in the um, the menu of AI, Microsoft evidently are about to launch stuff that no one's even seen. I've recently mm-hmm. had a friend that's been over there. Um, but chat GBT, I feel like has been the part of this, this evolution, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about, I, I, I'd love to hear how, how it sort of works and our listeners, what are three ways they could actually free up some time in their personal life? righty. So the first thing it is, you know, often if you haven't already had a look, if your listeners haven't already had a play with it, then there might be several reasons around that. 
Um, maybe there's a lot of media that's drumming up a lot of fear about AI generally. You know, the robots are going to take over the world. Humans are going to be destroyed. Massive dystopian future. I don't buy into that one bit. I tend to have a maybe, you know, some could say I'm naive, but I tend to have a more optimistic view of yeah. the world. Um, and so just in case you're worried about how it works or you're thinking is it going to do something negative, um, it's, you know, like any tool that we use in an online world that has some kind of public um, profile, you've got to be careful straight up with your personal information and, and any private information. So just the way you would with the internet, don't be giving your private and personal information away all willy-nilly. But how it works, I want you to think of it as if you've got a librarian who has read every book ever written and browsed every website, every piece of information in the public domain, written word in the public domain, and has access to that to answer any question you have and can pull from different points of view at any time you like in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So just saying that gives an indication of, wow, if you think about you know, a lot of people try to apply a bit of a Google mindset to it. So, you know, short question, hey, Google, can I get a recipe for gluten-free banana bread? And then it hits, gives you a million hits, and then you've got to trawl through a series of websites. Well, chat GPT will not only give you straight up, give you a great recipe, it'll also give you uh, a shopping list and put it in the order of the supermarket aisles if you want. So it's a lot different. It's literally like having someone sitting next to you that just knows piles of stuff, pretty much knows anything, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Amazing. So I'm I just I'm very visual, as you know. I just pictured, you know, someone looking, you know, with a magnifying glass at something. That's Google. But this particular AI is going right, honing in right on that bright spot to give you all the information. Oh, yeah. Look, you know, my parents have just recently moved house and they gave me a set of old Encyclopedia Britannica from 1961. Oh, and I can't hey, you got some? I can't throw them out, but I don't know. <laughs> they're probably worth a lot of money. But anywho, so right now they're still in boxes um, in my garage for the moment. But, you know, I looked at those and I thought, gosh, in the olden days, this was our Google, this was our chat GPT, this was the way we did things. And I actually think chat GPT is more like an encyclopedia, if you will, than, you know, and Google is a bit like, remember the old microfish you'd have a look at in a library that would direct you to bits and pieces? So I don't want to confuse with too many metaphors, but look, best one is to imagine it's a really smart assistant or intern that's there available to you all the time um, to, to help you with any questions that you have whenever you're stuck. Amazing. So, so you know, some of the the obvious life ones would be, you know, I think I read in your book there was a good one. You know, me, I love cooking. I've got A, B, and C in the pantry. What could I cook? And it gives you that. So, it's actually giving you the solution straight away. Um, finances was another one. You can do budgets. Yeah. So, if you give it enough information, this is of course be very careful. We're not giving it um, personal information, bank accounts, all that sort of stuff. But what we can say to it is, you know, here's my goal, here's my salary or my earnings, here's how much I spend, so here's what my disposable income is. I want to save X amount of money by this amount of time. Put together 
um, a, a savings plan for me or a finance plan for me or, you know, here's where I, he, you could even say here's what I'm spending my money on because you can put spreadsheets in there. You can copy and paste a spreadsheet in and say where do you think I could recover some yeah. money? So first of all, disclaimer, disclaimer, ChatGPT is not a financial planner and or financial oh. advisor. But, you know, if you were sitting next to a buddy and you said, how do you reckon I could save money? That's the kind of conversation that you can have with it. And and let me put the emphasis on the word conversation. Yeah. Google is very much a you Google it and then you kind of do a bit of research and then you might Google something else. It's very short-term in terms of relationship. Um, I'm in a full-blown relationship with my chat GPT. We chat, we talk. Um, you know, if it does something that I don't like, like so I might say, hey, give me a financial plan to save money for this amount of time. And it comes back and says, you know, give up going out for dinner and red wine. I would go back and say, that's a pile of rubbish. We're going to have to give up something else. So um, you, you can tell it that's a pile of rubbish or I disagree or that's not what I was looking for. And it doesn't take it personally. Isn't that? Mate, it's just yeah. awesome. So on that, the more you're speaking to it, the more you're giving like, and I stress what you said too about the private information, does it get to know you? Does it build an algorithm that says like if I jumped on it would know it's not me? Uh, no, it's not you if you'd been on it quite a bit. No, it's it's not that smart yet to recognise that, hang on a second, this doesn't sound like Donna. This sounds more like Renee Jerusso, right? You know, it wouldn't do that. However, you can train it to speak like you in the short term. So, for example, uh, one of the prompts that I talk about in the book is where you say, you give it a sample of your writing. Or that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give it here's a sample of my writing. Describe my style of writing in a way that I can feed it back to you so you can help me write future pieces. So, you know, Renee, we do a fair bit of writing for the media. And so I can put in a couple of para, a couple of chapters of my book in there. And I can say, using this content, generate for me an outline of an article about X. And so it's still, it's using my IP. It's not. I'm not having to worry about plagiarism because it's using my stuff. It's trained in my style of speaking and away we go. And provided I stay in that conversation, um, it will remember everything that's come before in that conversation. Amazing. I did see that in the in, in your book when I was reading it. I love that. So it picks up on your writing style, puts something in that you've written even a paragraph, and then you can actually say, now research this but in my writing style. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. It's profound because, you know, I work with, like you with a lot of leaders and teams and I think we've, we've got them saying we've got the resistors, you know, which initially I love tech so I never really resisted it. But and then you've got the others going, oh, I use it but I don't want people to know. There's almost this sort of stigma around it. But, well, it's um. It's interesting. It's interesting. So I was talking to another journalist yesterday and we were laughing and he was saying that, you know, his partner will never, ever use, has vowed and declared, I will never, ever use ChatGPT. And I said, oh, how come? Um, and they said, oh, I don't really know. I think they, they're more of a purist, whatever. And I said, oh, do they have a thermomix? Uh-huh. And, and said, why do you ask? And I said, well, a lot of people say having a thermomix is like fake cooking. I do. Um, and so whereas I think it's really useful and helpful and shortcut stuff, yeah. right? And that's what chat GPT is like. Yeah, that's right? a good, actually that's a really good way to put it because I do know people that are like I'm staying away from it. I think the key is, and you mentioned it as well, is 
you know, have your own opinion, do the initial thinking and then use use the AI to enhance that. And I think that's important. Um, we I ran a bit of an ideation session with a group of leaders a few weeks ago and being an ideas person, I had all these ideas, but it's not my thing. It's their business. So we use chat GDP just to just to bring up five ideas. We wrote them down, we turned it off, and then we flushed them out and, you know, eliminated and went from there and meta-planned it. So there's so many applications. So with leaders, you know, common challenges, we all know, they're time poor, their skills stretch, there's less people doing more, hybrid environment, all the other stuff, you know, this can be an efficient and effective way to get your content, your opinion out there what are some tips just to get started? If we've got a leader that's going, mm, sort of leaning on one side of the fence now, I might give this a go. So I go straight to what have you been procrastinating about doing because you're either not sure where to get started or you think it's going to be hard. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that leaders often have is tedious and mundane tasks that they can't delegate because they don't happen that often. So as an example, uh, maybe you've got to rewrite a job description to give to your HR person or a recruiter and then a brief to a recruiter and then write interview questions to replace someone. Now, that's a really tough job to delegate because for the most part, you're the one that has to make the decisions around what you want in the role, et cetera. Now, it can be for any role, right? Um, and so if you go to chat GPT and say, hey, give me a role description for this role, or you copy an old one in and say, this is the old one, can you update it with this, 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 and this, and it will generate that for you. So, and and not only generate it, it will generate it in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And then if you say, write me a brief to a recu- recruiter based on this, it will do that. Then if you say, generate five or 10 interview questions to help me interview for this role, it will do that. And that will all take a matter of seconds. Maybe. So, you know, lots of leaders sometimes procrastinate around a difficult, maybe maybe a client's complained and you're not quite sure how to approach it, whether it's a written communication or a verbal communication, or you've got a, you know, a tricky response you have to do to an email or a very detailed or thoughtful response you need to do. Or, um, you know, maybe you're announcing a new product out to the market and you just don't quite know where to start with the comms around that. So, no, not all leaders have the advantage of a comms person working for them. Well, you right. do now. Yeah, this is I your comms that. person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love the quote, you know, if we were talking about leadership, pay attention to the clock uh, in your body, not the one on the wall, and I love that. I always say mm. watch, watch, watch the work, not the clock. But if we're talking about this particular AI, if you do the thinking first, then your prompts will be well-crafted. I think that's sort of the linchpin to all of this. Yeah. So I always say uh, ChatGPT or Charlie, as I like to call it, because ChatGPT is a bit of a mouthful. Um, Charlie is a doer, not a thinker. Yeah. So, for example, um, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have dietary problems. Um, but let's say I've got a friend coming who's a celiac. Now, I don't know uh, really what that means, but I, I mean, I know what that means. It means yeah. that they're gluten intolerant. So I go to chat GPT and I say, design me a really swanky dinner party to impress my friend. But you can actually put those words in just to, that's going to impress my friend. She's a celiac, so it has to be gluten free. Give me yeah. three courses. Now, it generates that for me. 
But because I'm not an expert in what good gluten-free cooking looks like, I actually don't know if that's actually going to be gluten-free. Yeah. So whereas my friend who is an expert in gluten-free and celiac kind of needs, she would immediately look at it and say, you know, it's asked you to do crumbed fish, but it hasn't said to do, you know, gluten-free crumbs. Now, that's a pretty broad example, but it gives you the idea. If if you're an expert in your field, you will recognise great, you'll write great prompts and you'll recognise great responses. But, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist, so if I try and write about rocket science, I wouldn't know whether it's a pile of crap or not coming out of um, ChatGPT. So the importance is in the prompts, and I think that's, I, I actually did that exercise last night. I put a paragraph of one of my books in, and a bit similar to you, I got back friendly, open, practical mm. giving. Um, <clears throat> so then it picks up on that. I, you know, I've used it a few times to get some ideas and some of them, which has been really bizarre, have actually come in my wording from some of the IP I've got out there. Right. So if you, maybe you haven't done this yet, it's a bit like when you go Google yourself, maybe go and say, ask uh, Charlie, um, you know, what would Renee Jerusso have to say about leadership? Mm. And it will probably go, here's, here's what, because I did the same thing. What would Donna McGeorge have to say about productivity? And, of course, it comes back with a response that was accurate, but what it's done is it's trawled my books because my books are in the public domain. It's yeah. gone to websites that have bios about me, um, uh, podcasts that have my bio publicly available, and it's pulled all the information across all of that and it creates something. So I'm known to it in that regard. Um, I've asked it, I did ask it one day, uh, write a 35,000 word book in the style of Donna McGeorge about productivity around planning. This is probably one of my future books around uh, short-term planning for long-term results. And um, it came back and said, uh, yeah, no, I can't do that. Can't generate 35,000 words, but here's an outline. Yeah, how amazing. I know, right? And so because as a, look, and this is true for leaders or anyone, yeah. getting started is sometimes the toughest bit. Where, Yeah, where do I start? Where do I, everyone loves the framework and, I mean, yeah. both written lots of books and when you get into flow, if you haven't, and I'm working with a few leaders that are about to write books, get that framework from there. It's not cheap. Yeah. Get the framework and then pad it out with your your thought leadership. Yeah, I have to say when I wrote the ChatGPT book, just in case anyone's wondering right now, let's just handle yeah. the elephant in the room. Did I did ChatGPT? Did I use ChatGPT to write the book? Um, yeah. The short answer is yes. The long answer is are people now probably imagining that I just put a prompt in there and sat back and filed my nails while it generated a book. It's not like that at all. So what I would do is I did ask it for an outline of if I was writing an introductory book about ChatGPT around uh, work and life admin, what would the structure be? So it gave me a structure to start with. I immediately, because I'm an author and a writer, this is my 11th book, I looked at that and went, yeah, that's not going to work. This bit will work, but that bit won't. But it sparked enough for me to then go, okay, well, what would work? And so then the human bit goes in. Yeah. And then I'm in the middle of a chapter and I'm like, I just need another couple of examples. So, hey, Charlie, give me two, give me 10. Actually, I always ask for 10 examples. This is the other thing. It's not like Google where you just say, give me one. You say, give me 10 examples of how um, ChatGPT can help you with meal preparation, right? Yeah. And it gives you 10. And so then I cherry pick and I go, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Then I go back to the book and I human write. 
So it's the combination and, and MIT, um, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, big uni in the US or big, big study area, research facility, they've done some work on the best outcomes and they say that when, when a human plus chat GPT works together, you can improve your productivity most in the white collar space, so in the written word kind of space, um, by 37%. So that could, in a week, that saves you more than a day yeah. if you if you if you use it effectively. I love it. And it's headspace. I always believe, you yeah. know, the doing, the time, the energy, and the headspace. So yeah. that not line, you know, you would have been through it. You know, when you're writing a book and then the middle of the night you go, oh God, I've got another idea. You still have that, but you've got more of a framework, which I think helps you become more disciplined. They're, they're, yeah. saying, they're saying, Charlie is actually going to outsmart Einstein by 10 times in the next year because the more data it's getting, the smarter it's going to get. Yeah, the smarter it's going to get and yet I haven't seen anything yet that would indicate to me that it's going to replace um, human ingenuity and, you know, if I think about Einstein, one of my favourite um, things about Einstein is the thought experiments he used to do where he applied his imagination to what's possible. Mm. So I, I just think AI will only be able to go so far with that. Um, having said that, it's a very cool prompt to put in. So for you, maybe talking about leadership, you could say, um, rather than just go for an Einstein quote, you could say, write me a 300-word article from the perspective of Einstein on the power of uh, leadership and, I don't know, authenticity in leadership, let's just say. And so you can get a different perspective on that. Or one of my favourite things that I did was um, I asked it to play devil's advocate. So there are some cool things it can do that are human in nature, right? So I said to it, you know, be as if you are a critic of the concept of burnout. What yeah. would you have to say about that? Well, it... it probably let me have a bird out is a made-up thing just by people who are lazy and don't want to work and blah, blah, blah. Now, I would never use that to write about because I personally don't believe that. But, gee, it gave me, it sparked some really interesting thinking for me about, you know, if I'm writing to an audience that may be sceptical or whatever, I could I could use some of that thinking. So, you know, it, 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 maybe it could get smarter than than humans, but, you know, human, we are an evolving right. organism. We'll evolve. I think it's like everything, you know, when smartphones came out, you know, and, and, and text getting smaller and smaller, I think it's all about, you know, using things in moderation, right? Yeah. But using them to leverage your thinking opposed to taking your thinking over. Yeah, uh, I think that's the the biggest thing I got out of, and you know, I, I only read this last night. the The main thing I got out was how important the prompts are. Yeah, you know, it's like in life, you only get good answers and responses if your questions are intentional. Yeah. So it's yeah. no different than that in that regard. Yeah, yeah, and so it's a whole new way of thinking about interacting with your computer, in effect, because most of us, when we think, "Oh, gee, I need information," I'll go to Google. And the question we ask in Google is a little bit different than what we would do. So we've got to completely forget our Google training. And when we're writing prompts, we've got to do things like, you know, give it give it context. Imagine you were giving instructions to another human to get the best possible result. I need this research for this reason, for this to write an article for this audience. 
you know, in this um, uh, uh, publication, because if because I've done that before, I've said, you know, I need a paragraph about this. It's for an article I'm writing for Forbes or for Harvard Business Review or for Inc or for Fast Company. So it knows enough in the system to know to generate it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think we've just got to, context is the biggest thing. Give it as much context as you can. Yeah. And you can ramble as I am now. You yeah. can you can just sit there and ramble with it, like just keep typing and then just hit enter and see what it says. Yeah, I think just have a play around with it. So right now, um, so we're in June, two thousand uh, July 2023, um, is it still free? The, yes. But it won't be soon, will it? Isn't it Look, I don't know what their plans are. So there's there's two ways you can use. Uh, well, well um, ChatGPT is the application, and then there's a couple of engines that run it. So GPT three point five is the free version. Yeah. Um, and it, to, to kind of give your listeners a perspective of what that means is it's got. Let's imagine its database is the size of planet Earth. Yeah. GPT four, which is the paid version, uh, twenty bucks a month. Its database database size is the size of the sun. So if you think about the difference in how much data it has access to. So a couple of things that means is GPT-4 is slower because it's accessing more information. Um, GPT, uh, the new GPT version or what they call GPT+, ChatGPT+, also gives you access to plugins. So I've plugged in OpenTable, Spotify and Expedia which oh. means I can say to it, find me a table in Brisbane on Friday night at 7 o'clock for two people in a kind of an upmarket swanky kind of restaurant and it will search using and generate responses using Open Tables database. Uh, so- right. now that's awesome. That's a real-time saver. Now, there's a lot of other uh, plugins there, but they're the, they're the you know, Spotify and then um, Expedia for travel stuff. That's what I play with. Yeah. But you can only get that with what they call uh, ChatGPT Plus. Yeah. Um, but G- can I tell you, the free version is yeah. enough. That's all now, I've the- got. I only started playing with it probably, I think I got it at the onset, let, let, left it, and I've played with it a little bit recently, um, but I haven't gone as deep, you know. Yeah, look, the biggest mistake people make is they go in and they do something with it. And then they go, oh, well, that was rubbish. And then they walk away. Yeah. Um, it's it's a conversation and, and you'll get way better results the more information you give it. So as you say, rubbish in, rubbish out. So the more information you give it, the more you engage in a conversation. That's why it's called chat GPT. It is a relationship. You develop a conversation. A conversation with a friend. You don't just shut them out. You keep working on it. <laughs> That's it, right? You keep going. And if you're not happy with an answer, yeah. Then tell it. I'm happy with yeah. that. Give me something else. I love it. I love it. So from a leadership perspective, obviously, as you know, you know, compared to maybe a decade ago, more leaders are creating content. They're speaking at conferences. You know, they're on LinkedIn. They're running groups. Um, so I think it's a great, you know, and absolutely an awesome conduit to gather all that data for them. Um, also, social media, you know, I think was one you talked about. So. We both write a lot, a lot of content. You know, how often do we write a newsletter or if you're listening, a blog, and you send it off and you take bits of it, you can actually put that into the AI and it can and ask it to break it into sort of sound bites, yeah? 
Absolutely. So um, it knows all the platforms and their capability. So I say to it, I need an article that that's link, LinkedIn worthy, right? Yeah. So LinkedIn has, you know, it's more professional. It tends to be a little bit, um, even though it's, uh, I have a very conversational and engaging style, I still want it to be appropriate for LinkedIn. Then I can say, thank you. Now replay it so that it would be on Facebook or Instagram and it slightly changes it. Then I can say, now carve it up um, into a series of tweets for Twitter if I wanted to. Um, then I can, I mean, this is something that my sister and I have been playing with. It can't do video yet the way we would, ex- like, you know, what you know, turn it into a video. There are other AIs that can do that, which I've started playing with without much success because I haven't given it enough time yet, so mea culpa around that. But my sister and I have done create a storyboard for a training program. So the topic is, I don't know, say leader is coach um, and we're going to do it over uh, six webinars. Uh, First of all, give us an outline and then storyboard the slides. What could the slides look like? And then what are some examples and content that could go into it? Uh, what stories should we look at? You can tell it to write your stories, but they're lame as they need a lot of human intervention. But yeah. what all that does, and, and well, no matter what your content is, so it could be that, you know, give me 10 blog ideas for yeah. this topic. Um, no matter what it is, all it's going to do is shortcut a lot of painful thinking and brain space that you're using up just to get you started. Like, you know, here's my 10 topics. Now, you could even ask it to give you drafts. You know, can you draft me three of those into blogs? Um, It's at your peril that you copy and paste it directly because remember I said it's a little bit like having a a very eager assistant that's dying to help you, but they occasionally have a hangover, so you've got to check their work, right? Yeah, I think I think that's important. And there are other AI out there that you can plug in to see what is created from from Chat GDP. Did you know that? Uh, yes. So Zero GPT or Zero Chat GPT, I think it's called Zero GPT, is a um a site where if you copy and paste content into it, it will tell you the probability of it being human generated or AI generated. Um so I occasionally do that. Yep. So if I've written something and then I've edited it and, you know, humanised it all, then I'll still copy and paste it in and sometimes it'll say, yeah, about 20% of this feels like it's been written by an AI. Um, so I will go back and, and rewrite because I don't want my writing. I'm quite happy to get ideas and and spark creativity and get inspiration, but I don't want to be, I don't want to just be the robot, you no. know, churning it out. What we do and what, what a lot of leaders do is we share opinions and original thought. If, yep. if, you know, if I was, you know, I'm just picking up a, a room spray, if I wanted to do a blog on room sprays and how good they are, that's different mm. because it's a product. But I think when it's a service and it's your opinion, I think that that's where it's really important. Um, no, there's some awesome stuff out there. I've, I've played with it. You've given me heaps of um, inspo to play with it a bit more and, I I also think too, you know, there's there's so much. There was an AI thing that came out a few weeks ago. I don't know if you've heard of this, but we could put this the plug-in into this Zoom right now, and it will put our whole Zoom recording into every language we tick in our voice and we'll actually move our lips to to match it. That's crazy, right? That's just crazy talk. 
that excites me for what we do because we can have this, you know, we've got we both got global reach, but in the right languages, but it's still our, you know, our thinking and our opinion. But what if it was just an option, right? So maybe you think, let's think of the top languages in the world that get spoken, Spanish, Chinese, maybe English. I don't know. I would go ask ChatGPT, what are the top five spoken languages in the world, right? But I know I know Spanish is up there and I know Chinese is up there or Mandarin's up there. Even if you had on your on your podcast, for example, click here to listen or view in. Click here to listen or view in. That would be awesome. Yeah. So that's out. That one's out. So there's there's a lot of exciting things, but I I I am an early adopter. I love new things that can help us. And I think if anyone out there listening is going, oh, I'm still not sold, just focus on how this can help you, not hinder you, because it can, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Oh, but this is like anything in the world, you know, and this is your, this is absolutely your work. You know, something happens, what's the gift versus, you know, it's so easy to go, oh, me, oh, my, my life is rubbish now because something's happened. And I think, I think, you know, I actually think AI there's two things I have to say about this. One is it's happening at a perfect storm. Ways of working is going to shift considerably. And any leader out there that is not already exploring, understanding, thinking about even enterprise-wide solutions around AI, if you're not already exploring that or got someone on your team doing it, then you're going to be left behind because after three years of pandemic recovery, the what we call the anti-work movement, which is the, you know, quiet quitting and um, actuage and, you know, the pushback that employer employees are giving employers now, the four or compressed work weeks, four and four day weeks and nine day fortnights, plus AI, that's a perfect storm of opportunity to yes. shift how we work. That's yes. that's the first thing. The second thing I'd have to say is ever since the invention of the wheel, there's been this promise that technology will give us back time for what's important, give us more leisure time, give us more relaxation time, whatever. And ever since that, you know, technology has happened, it never has. It's just, you know, email is a beautiful example of this. It was meant to save us time, actually made it worse. I think AI could. I think we might actually realise the promise of hundreds of years of technological, um, you know, change and opportunity that finally we might get the chance to have more leisure time. So if it used to take you three hours to write a blog post and now it takes you an hour because of chat GPT. What do you do with the other two hours? Do That's you... what I was talking about early on. Yeah, do you right. do more work or do you actually make a change? Right. Do you go walk the dog, sit in the sunshine, grab a book? Yeah. You know, do you nourish your, nourish your soul? Yeah. <laughs> That's right, and I think that's a that's a really really important question. I um yeah you know the gift mindset as you know is a trait of a leader, and for me I work with leaders that have just come out of uni. We run leadership programs because they're leaders of self. To me, everybody's a leader, um, whether you're leading yourself, team, and all decisions. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of you know the the leaders we're working with. This this is such a gift to them. I wish I'd had access to this back in my corporate day. I've been in my business 18 years. I look back at some of the things and I think it's probably good to even look, not just look forward, but look back at what worked, what didn't work to bring in what you need to do. 
Um, and to diarize, I'm a big one, to diarise chunks of time of that free time that, you know, this gives you. I think that's important. Oh, it's so important. It's so, I mean, easily it could give you a day back. Yeah. Um, I think at least it could give you a day back um, if you really, if you really chose it, which is why with the new four-day work week or compressed work week things, uh, you know, the the movement, um, yeah. this is, I think, an absolute tool to enable that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, looking look at look at it as an enabler. I think we could talk forever on this. There's so much. There's so much. My brain's just going a million miles an hour, thinking of all these things. Before we finish up, I'd love to ask you, you know, what the gift mindset's about unwrapping the gift in a challenging person or situation mm-hmm. or a positive person or situation. So what up until this time in your amazing career and life, what's been the biggest gift you've unopened and what, I guess, what what have you learned? Oh, gosh, there's just so many. Look, I think probably... When I was younger, and I'm going to say maybe 15 years ago, I was really quite angry at my parents because my dad was in the Navy. We moved around a lot. I was a really bright kid. I'd been identified at a young age as being gifted. I was on a path. And then we moved. I went to nine schools in nine years. And I remember I I was so angry about that. And I felt like my potential didn't get a chance to really shine and it's their fault and blah, 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 blah. And then I had a, an epiphany, I call them, not an epiphany, an epiphany, <laughs> that, you know, everyone gets one where you go, the gift is that everything that happened to you creates the person who you are right now. And so the gift that all of that gave me that I didn't realise until I kind of stopped and really reflected and thought thought about it is, is the gift of um, adaptability. adaptability. So there's not many situations that I get into that I can't figure out quickly how to do, be, act, respond, do whatever it is I need to do. And I think that's just from being a kid that went to, was always the new girl, was always trying to figure out how to fit in, was always, you know, just when you think you got settled, some change would happen. Um, and so I think the the real gift from, from that fairly, um, you know, disruptive life was, gee, I'm a pretty adaptive um, adult. Yeah, I love that. I resonate with that very much. So, <laughs> and I think I think it, you can, and it's a time thing as well. You know, some people will go, "I just can't see what the gift would be." I mean, when COVID hit, and lost ninety percent of our business. My sister got sick, and I'm starting to write the gift mindset. I was going, "What? What? What? The irony? What am I doing?" And then I, I always have a everything happens for a lesson, not a reason. Mm-hmm. A lesson. Mm. And it was like I'm really feeling into this at that time. So the adaptability one's a, a, a big one. And and you've got to think too, Donna, like the irony, adaptability, productivity, it's all it's all well, in- I write a lot about adaptive capacity. And yeah. it kind of it was one day I was thinking, this adaptive capacity is really good, and I'm writing away <laughs> and it's all going well. And suddenly my brain goes, Oh, hang on a second. This is what your life has been about, the capacity to adapt. So, of course, it feels right for me to be doing that work. I love it. So, Donna, just on finishing up, three quick things people could do right now to get a taste of, apart from getting your amazing book, and we'll talk about that, but just, just to get themselves at, a, at a, I guess, a time that they can actually test it out, have a play. 
Yeah, so like anything, you, you want to prioritise it. So right now, go into your diary and block out an hour. That's all you'll need. Block out an hour to think about, um, you know, going in and logging in, registering and, and all that stuff. And it's free. Just get the free one. The second thing I'd say is, I, you know, test it with something you've been procrastinating on. Maybe, you know, my neighbour got my book and then immediately went and said, you know, I'd been procrastinating because uh, one of our vendors had asked me to write a review on LinkedIn about what they do and I didn't even know where to start. So yeah. I said to ChatGPT, this person does this. I'm happy to recommend them. They saved us time and money by doing this. Write me a review that's good for LinkedIn. And he said, boom, in seconds it happened. So what's something that you've been putting off doing and see if ChatGPT can help you with that. And the third thing is um, it's related to in the notes for this episode, there'll be a, a download you can get, which is a series of prompts across a, a bunch of roles that it can play for you, both in your personal and professional life. And so I would say now... They're very, they're, they're specific, some of them are very specific and some of them you can plug information into. But if you're not quite sure what to, to do, use it for, grab that handout um, and worksheet and go and play around with it and use that as a guide to get started. Yeah, awesome and so generous. Last, last three quick questions. Your fa- favourite noise? Um, I love indicator sounds in cars. I always listen to them. You know, the click, 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 click. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, last night on our beautiful planet, what would you eat? Oh, leg of lamb, roast lamb with roast veggies, straight up. Love it. Love it. And favourite word? Don't say Charlie. No, look, look, I, these are, these change a bit for me. So my current favourite word is plethora. Plethora. Because uh, it has a sense of plentiness. There's a plethora of things available or a plethora of choices or whatever. So that would be my, I have to say it's my current favourite word. I'm the same. We change. Plethora. I love that. Or someone the other day called it plethora. Yes. Well, I don't know. Uh, so plethora, plethora, whatever. Um, and if you could choose any other career other than you're doing right now, what would it be? Gosh, it's hard to say. So, so it depends on how you look at my career, right? So in terms of it's more like if I could give up a whole bunch of stuff and just do one thing, I think, I, I think I'm think i a writer. Yeah. And, and I know you get, people are going to say, oh, you're already a writer, you've written books. Yeah, but, you know, when you're a thought leader and you're earning money from speaking and presenting and training and all that sort of stuff and coaching yeah. whatever, the books, writing books sometimes is not the stuff you do in your spare time, but it is not necessarily your primary source of income. That's, yeah, that's right. And you don't. Yeah, I think I'd love to have writing as my primary source of income and have enough of it to yeah. be my primary source of income. Love that. I love that. Thank you so much for, for being here today and, and just for all the gold you've shared. So, how can people find you? Oh, Donna McGeorge, www.donnamcgeorge.com is the easiest. I'm a shameless self-promoter across all the social media platforms, so you'll find me there. And right now I'm in all good bookshops with my latest book, uh, The ChatGPT Revolution. Beautiful. And we'll have all Donna's um, details in our show notes as well. Donna, thank you so much for today. It's been awesome reconnecting and hearing about all the great work you're doing. Um, and for those out there listening, thanks for tuning in. As always, if you have any guests you'd love me to interview or any feedback, please send that through. Um, A bit of exciting news our end, we've just launched our um, in-house corporate retreat, the Cook and Connect retreat. We've run a few this year to a 
few different organisations, but we're offering this in-house. So you can send a team up to 12, give them a day permission to pause, um, and we run them up at the Yarra Valley, beautiful Italian cooking class in the morning, some walking meditation and reflection. We share a beautiful lunch, and then the whole afternoon is broken down into an immersive workshop where we look at reflecting reconnecting with yourself and others and re-energizing and I bring the amazing Sean Tucker in to do a session so look out for that at reneejeruso.com and on socials and thanks for chiming in you've been listening to limitless leaders podcast leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership leaders teams and organizations To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration and connection to become a Limitless Leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders podcast series at www.renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. That's renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. 